Hey, what's up, everybody? Pastor Armando here. Super excited to be with you guys today. We are, man, we're going to be jumping into prayer in just a moment. Uh, let us know that you're here with us. Jump on the chat. Let us know who's joining us today and where you're joining us from. And we want to say hello. What's up, everyone? Good to see you guys again. Let's get this prayer hopping. Yo, Angel, that sounds so, so unenergetic, bro. Let's get this prayer hopping. You wanted more energy? Like, no, let's get this started. It's going to be great. Awesome. Let's get this prayer going. Yeah, this world is a broken place and people need hope. And, you know, I think as we, as I think about that, as we contemplate that together, um, you know, the church is God's plan A to reach the world. The church literally uh, is who uh, God has established on earth to be a blessing to the needs of the world, not just in a humanitarian way or in a, uh, you know, social needs way or something of that sort, but but in bringing the gospel. Scripture says, blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news. And you guys can do that tonight simply by sharing. So if you want to be blessed, find a creative way to share the gospel. Uh, I would I would encourage you, share, share, share. Pastor Angel, I know you're going to write that in the chat. Share, 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 guys. Um, but as we prepare our hearts to jump in, we're going to actually grapple with a real question that probably all of us have asked, maybe some of us have struggled with. Uh, and if you haven't asked it, you're going to ask it tonight because we're going to jump in on it hardcore. Uh, and the question is, uh, how are Christians set apart or distinct from the unbelieving world. Uh, some people ask it this way, why don't Christians look different in their lives than the unbelieving world? And that is, for me, I think a very convicting question because it really brings to the forefront of my realization of my heart, of my mind, of my Christian walk is, does my life scream the gospel? Does my life represent the life of Christ? And because that's what we're called to do. Um, and we also recognize that people are at different places, right? In their spiritual walk. Some people are much more mature than others. You've got a believer who's 30 years serving Jesus and they have never grown from spiritual infancy. Then you get a believer who saved a year and they are hungry for the things of God and they're growing like crazy. And, and people are all over the map spiritually. And yet we're all called to the same thing. And I guess the question is why? And what is the truth? Does the church look different statistically? So we're going to dive into that today. And hopefully this is going to be a life-giving talk that is going to help you to walk in boldness, to walk encouraged, to fulfill the, the all that God has for your life. Because every one of us is created for God, by God, for a purpose. Every human being has a potential. And we are all created um, when we uh, to, to find Jesus, right? As he reveals himself to us, pulls back the veil of deception and um, to build the kingdom of God, right? So, so that's why we're all here. So make sure you share this on your page. Uh, but let me open in prayer and then we'll dive into that question. And then I'll turn it over to some of the other pastors and to you guys. Uh, please remember, that this is a discussion that you guys are part of. This is not something you're watching. Let us know your thoughts, your ideas, your questions in the chat. And uh, we hope uh, to do our best to engage as many of you as possible. Uh, and we do have leaders in the chat. So uh, I know you guys will be engaging and talking with each other in the chat. That's encouraged. So you and I cannot live the life of Christ apart from sanctification, the positional sanctification. That means the moment that you and I become Christ followers. And at that moment, 
we engage the process of sanctification, which is a theological term that basically uh, helps us to understand the nature of how God changes man. And sanctification is a partnership of uh, God and man where God changes man every day more and more to become like Christ. And it's an agreement that man will separate himself from sin. But uh, you cannot change your life in and of your own strength. If you could, you would have done it already. That's why we all need Jesus, folks, right? Um, and we cannot live the life of Christ apart from the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives. Apart from the Holy Spirit, we can't accomplish anything. So that's kind of the backdrop. But statistically, as we beg the question, ask the question, uh, do Christians look differently? Uh, statistically, uh, per capita, the answer is no. Statistically, uh, people in the church engage the same behavior, same level of addictions, same political perspectives, same everything as people outside the church. That's what Pew Research shows us. Uh, and that's a hard reality for many of us to, uh, to grapple with. So the question is, why doesn't the church look very different? Or why doesn't it look different at all, statistically, um, to the rest of the world, those that have not been enlightened by the gospel? And should we? And the answer is, yes, we should look different. Uh, the Bible says that we're the salt of the earth, the light put on a hill and a light should not be covered. Um, Jesus left us here, the church, to be his blessing to the world, his plan A, to bring the gospel and to bring the love of Christ. Um, and so many of us struggle to look different. And I think what we, before I hand this over for discussion, I just want to say this too. It is possible to be completely saved in a loving, saved relationship with Jesus. You're going to heaven if you've come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, right? The Bible says the requirements of salvation uh, is repentance and the acknowledgement that uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for your sins, hung himself on a cross, paid your sin debt. Uh, to believe that in your heart that he rose from the dead, uh, that you're justified to confess that with your mouth, you're saved. Uh, salvation is not by works. Maturity is not by works. It's not by your best efforts. It's a work of God in and through your life. Um, so, so as we grapple with that question, does my life, does your life really scream the gospel? Uh, Pastor Angel, this is a, a topic that you brought up. Just share with us a little bit about why this was on your heart earlier today. Um, yeah, uh, it's just things that I ponder. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's a good discussion. Um because we, we sometimes uh, get singled out. Uh, we want to be honest. Uh, we get singled out by uh, non-believers and believers. There, I think there, there is a, a line that, that sometimes is created that you have to fall on, which is incorrect. Um, I think that there are Christians are on different journeys um, in Christ. Um, and I think we spoke about that before, that some people have been in the gospel longer and some haven't, and they're still and the process that God is working in their lives is it's it's working, but some are more ahead because they've been being worked on for such a long time. Uh, but when we look at should we be different, the answer is yes. Um, and what does that look like? I mean, Romans Romans chapter twelve verse two says that we shouldn't be conformed to the pattern of this world, and but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's 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 a, it's a process, and the way that we think, the way we act, the way we live. Um, is different than while the world um, bases it on. So the decision-making of a non-believer is a different decision-making of a Christian. We have faith in Christ. We follow Christ. We based our faith in Christ. Everything that we do is different. Um, but is there a major difference in, in, in the sense of, of what we go through? No. I mean, we, we go through problems. We go through tribulations. We go through um, sickness. Um, 
So what, what, what identifies us is that hope in Christ. Uh, it's, it's the love, right? Uh, it's the, uh, the transformation of, of, of what does our life speak to other people. Um, and I think that, like you said, we are a light. Um, we're a light to the world and we are to shine uh, to the world. So how do we do that? We do that by the way we live. Our life should speak Jesus. Our life should scream Jesus um, in, in everything that we do. Um, we should be different, but we understand that uh, it, it's not made up of, and this is another thought I had, it's not, it's not made up of your clothing or your haircut or your beard, which like Pastor Dave has, which I'm jealous of. Um, that doesn't make you any, it, 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 that's not a sign of whether you shave it or you don't. So it, it's not a physical appearance per se. It's, it's what comes out from the inside. It's how you live. Um, and I believe, I believe that we demonstrate that in, in, in how we deal with, with our, with our troubles, how we deal with our, with our, with what we encounter. I think that people do see us um, in a different perspective. If we go through issues, they want to know how we handle it. Do we handle it in faith? Do we, and, and that really can sound volumes to those who are looking at us. So I believe that our lives um, should be um, a light completely and honest uh, to the people around us where we, the people can look at us. And I look at the story of, of uh, Peter, even though he denied Christ, um, there were those who pointed at him and said, don't, aren't you one of them? Aren't you a follower? Um, and I think that your life and the way you live and how you are, people are able to point that out and see that you're different, see that you are, and it's not you, it's, it's the Holy Spirit has got in you that tells someone that you're, 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 you're a different person. You don't live a certain way. You, you don't act a certain way. And they actually, whether they believe in God or not, they believe that what you are living and what you are doing is actually true because your life shows uh, true. It's just a small point there um, that I share. Yeah, so going back to um, what separates us, I think the, the separation initially is not something we do in our own strength. The separation is actually the blood of Christ. So what makes us different from the rest of the world is the blood of Jesus. That makes us different. Positional sanctification, the moment of salvation. But that process of change, what we have to understand is when we come to know Jesus, we're still a hot mess. That's where maturity comes into. And so many of us can have Jesus in our heart, but so many bad habits in our bones. And what that means is that over time, the life of Christ, the life of surrender, is that we invite the Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts. And I know for me, I'll just speak from my own from my own uh, experience. It's a radical return to holiness. It's a radical return to truth. It requires a radical return to the gospel message. It's nothing I can do in and of my own strength. But let's talk about surrender. Have you, have I surrendered every aspect of our being to God? Have I surrendered every hurt? every offense? Have I surrendered every desire? So many of us as believers have our dream, the American dream, the things in life we want to accomplish. Uh, for me, I had to get real with that at some point in my Christian walk, where when I was immature, I thought everything I wanted, God wanted. And I thought everything I thought was good, that I expected God to bless that and give me the desires of my heart. But then I realized, man, I'm treating God like a genie in uh, Aladdin. And if I rub that lamp, God's going to give me what I want. But he's not a genie. He's a, he's a God. And I had to realize that I needed to surrender my future to God. And in doing that, that brought about humility in me. So what does humility look like um, in us that brings about sanctification or change uh, and separates us? Uh, humility looks like the living with the culture, because we all have a culture in family and churches and even within ourselves, living with the culture that I 
have the capacity to be wrong. So many of us go through life and relationships acting as if we're always right. Uh, for me, a great step in humility was taking the assumption that I'm probably wrong first and let the discussion or the journey help me to discover whether I was right. Uh, but many of the inclinations of our heart is sin. We're bent on sin. So when I approach my wife in a conversation, I try to uh, not approach with the perspective that my viewpoint is right and that I have to prove her wrong, but that she might say something that exposes my falsehood humility, that my kids might say something that helps me to realize that I'm wrong. Last night, I had a kind of a little bit of a, um, a hard discussion with one of my kids, and they were a little disrespectful, and I started yelling, uh, God forgive me, uh, I confess that to you guys, because we're real, um, and I had to confess. I said, hey, look, I'm sorry, I overreacted. In truth, they were disrespectful, but I was being stubborn as well as an adult and as a parent. And pride is what caused me to raise my voice. Um, and that realization, humility brought about, conviction of spirit brought about change. So how do we grow as believers? We have to take the position of humility. Humility then gives birth to holiness. Holiness is nothing we can accomplish on our own. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and Jesus, it's that trade. He takes our sin debt. He takes all of our iniquity. He takes all of our falsehood upon himself, nails it to a cross, and he pours out his holiness onto us. But how do we reinforce that in our lives? A, lie, a life of humility that apart from sin, a life of repentance keeps us connected to the vine, which is branches, and our sap, our nourishment comes from Jesus. The, the other thing that I recognize, too, that will help you and I to be different, to be set apart from uh, from the world, the degenerate, which is what we once were, and God made us regenerate, brought life where there was no life, life where there was death, is a radical return to the core of the gospel, recognizing that Jesus is right, the word of God is truth, and again, I only have falsehood apart from uh, apart from um, the Bible, apart from the truth of the gospel, and recognizing that I am only who I am today because of God. I only have what I have today because of God, and practicing gratitude, right? So gratitude comes from humility. Uh, when we're walking through life and we're not exhibiting gratitude, it's hard, it's hard to live a thankful life, and then that causes us to go back in the pursuits of self-worship, what I want, what I need, and all those sorts of things. So, so those are some things that I think can help us to live the life that God has for us. What are your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I just think, you know, when talking about this, I think it's super important that we, you know, don't get into comparisons. Um, it's so easy. Uh, we are, I feel like we're always constantly comparing ourselves, right? I know I do it all the time. Uh, and it can be easy to do it even comparing ourselves as a Christian to other Christians. Um, and we can look at other people and be like, you know what, this person is like, doing all these amazing things for God, and um, why aren't I there yet, right? And um, so I think it's important to look at where we are in our personal walk, because each one of us has our own journey with God, our own walk with God. And so I think it's important that we don't compare and say, you know, I've only been a Christian for a couple of years. Why isn't my life like Pastor Armando? Well, because Pastor Armando's been walking with God for a little while now. So ideally, you know, as we grow, uh, you know, we should be more and more, you know, that outward life that, you know, Pastor Armando was talking about of what we should look like as a Christian. 
so ideally we can look back and compare rather than compare ourselves to others but compare to where we used to be so i used to be like this uh last year what am i like today i used to be like this five years ago what am i like today and ideally you know we'll be growing and growing um and showing those things forgiveness and and gentleness and faithfulness and showing love to others um and showing those outward expressions of, okay, I am different. Um, my life is a little different than others around me. Um, yeah, so I just think it's super important that we don't get into that, you know, comparison. Absolutely, Dave, uh, you bring back something that uh, God showed me some months ago, that the quickest way to kill something is to compare it, right? Because there's always something that we try to measure up to that, that we never actually accomplish. And I think the other thing you really point out that is so so key is that we have to look at our fruit. The, the Christian life, the, the, the regenerate life is to bring about the fruit um, of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the Holy Spirit makes changes in our lives. And Galatians 5 shows us that we're to grow in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Uh, those are only uh, gifts of the Spirit, but but it comes to that life of surrender. So if you're a Christian out there, which you all are, um, everybody on, the, on this prayer meeting probably is, is that the Bible calls us to be living sacrifices, Romans 12, living sacrifices. And what that means is my life is surrendered to God. And God has promised you something. He will always change and grow a surrendered life. What we hold back, God's not going to change because we're living in pride, self-arrogance, all those sorts of things. But if you want to be set, set apart from the world, the Bible tells us that we're to be a peculiar people, set apart the remnant of God, his blessing for the world. Uh, we have to walk with Jesus. And the way we walk with Jesus is by asking that question, often am I exhibiting the fruit, the life of Christ? Um, and that is something that we cannot do in our own strength. Let's just take a moment. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about habits, because uh, some of us are totally saved in a relationship with Jesus, but sometimes you go back to a bad habit, just like I did last night. Uh, and I elevated my voice with my, with my child, um, who's an adult child, may God forgive me. Um, but I went back to a bad habit because here's the deal. What you practice most in your life will define your future. What you practice creates neural pathways in your brain. This is not science versus the Bible. This is how God created your brain. And what you practice most creates neural pathways, which create habits. Some of us simply just have bad habits. You have Jesus in your heart, but you have bad neural pathways in your brain. How do you change that? Surrendering those to Jesus and saying, God, I'm going to try new habits. I'm going to apply the word of God to my life. And every time I have a bad thought, a negative thought, I am going to apply that scripture that I've been meditating over. Every time that thought comes in, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm going to remind myself that I am a child of God. Uh, I am good enough. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every time I interrupt the negative thought, the neural pathway, I create a new pathway for my brain. And eventually you'll train your brain to uh, have the things of God on your brain versus the things of the world or the brokenness of humanity or whatever our habits are. Um, and that's how we get into a habit of worship, a habit of prayer, practicing the same thing over and over. Guys, there is a human element to this. God will do the miracles in your life if you give God something to bless. Hold on to this. There are some miracles God does that he doesn't need your approval or your cooperation. But in the sovereignty of God, there are certain things that he has ordained 
that is a miracle in response to an act of faith. Some of the miracles that you and I are waiting for are being held up because we are not giving God a seed to bless. If you want to give God a seed to bless for some of us, it's an act of obedience. It's stepping out of faith. It's trying new habits that are biblically based and getting rid of the old habits that are based in the flesh. Paul talked about this in Romans 7 quite, quite in detail. So, man, I don't know about you. I, I want you to just take a moment. And I'm going to have Pastor Angel open us in prayer, but I want you to take a moment and really consider what is God asking you to give him in your life? What do you need to surrender to God? And what new habits might God be asking you to develop? And if you stick with that habit long enough, the Holy Spirit's going to do his work in your life, and you're going to see a miracle. Why? Because God created your brain a certain way, and there's certain things only the Holy Spirit can do in our lives. When those two come together, a decision of man, surrender, submission to God, and the sovereignty and promises of God, when that happens, fusion happens. And I'm not just pointing out the name of our church. Fusion is about fire. It's about two elements coming together. And when a promise of God is combined with a surrender of man, that's where miracles happen. Hope you enjoyed our podcast. We have a new message that comes out every week. You can click the link in the description below to follow us on Facebook or Instagram, or jump onto our website at fusionchurchny.com for more information. We would like you to be a part of what God is doing at Fusion Church, so please subscribe to our podcast and share it on social media. Make sure you tag us. We want to get to know you and feel free to rate us and leave a review.